This podcast is presented by Rabbi Peretz Munchkin, speaking to the millennial generation. Are you open to taking a deep breath with me, Rabbi Peretz? Yeah, right now. All right, here we go. Mm. Thank you. The word doubt. Yeah. How to remove doubt is a huge topic in Jewish tradition Mm. because it all started with leaving Egypt. And as the Jewish people are leaving, there's no Mm -hmm. doubt. They, they behind them is a life they did not choose the Egyptian way of life that sort of was thrusted upon them. And in front of them is a life of choice of a new land, a new nation. Mm -hmm. And as they're, getting to this stage of Sinai and Torah and Jewish peoplehood and religion and ritual that they're all going to readopt and reconnect to their ancestral ways. They bump into the nation Amalek and Amalek comes and says, you guys just don't get to break the system and start something new. And they go to war with them. Mm-hmm. And the mystics call Amalek doubt. Mm-hmm. They say that it's what, it's the, what creeped into the experience from going from being uh, a small-minded and narrow-minded visual uh, life to a broad and openness and expansive existence, what crept in was a malik, doubt, mm-hmm. which they call coldness. So mm-hmm. um, um, since it's What's such a big- What's the word for it? Coldness, like to no, be- In Hebrew or in Yiddish? Oh, it, they just, they use the word amalek as safek. Oh, okay. Safek could mean like uh, doubt or insecurity. Yeah. And you and I have often, and also when I used to, you know, teach and lecture, I would always bring up the story of Passover. I wouldn't use the same terminology that you do because you and I have different relationality to language and the stories by which we can convey the meanings. Um, But I love the story of Passover as it related to choice and conscious choice and um, moving through the elements of um, what you and I have talked about in the past. I think it's called Malchutz. It's like sovereignty, dignity, nobility, like actually getting into that for ourselves, not just in collective, because in collective, it is inside of us ourselves. And when we move through the Amala, Amalek, as you're saying, the doubt, you know, there's this path into which we give ourselves that permission the Malchuts, to see ourselves in the sovereignty, the nobility. And in that essence, we step towards something else. And what makes me so happy about the story of Passover, or even the leaving of Egypt story and going through the desert and how long it took is a couple things. One, I love that even uh, generation over generation 40 years is a generation and a half. It's a generation and I call a click turn. It takes 40 years for change to happen in society, mores, laws, norms. And then the second thing I love about ancient Egypt is like, I don't think that there were mirrors, you know, glass oriented mirrors. You can't, there may have been other things of show to represent externally, but the way that mirroring and reflecting happened was upon one another for each other in communication in thinking, in challenging, in the parrots, the breaking down, breaking through. And it's just this, it's just such an amazing 
um, story and historic period of very deep, deep, deep reverence towards a higher intentionality, towards the recreation of something anew into the new practice areas, new sampling. Mm. Well, the mal the malchut is is we yes, it's nobility and dignity. Um, it's those are those are elements that are expressed through interaction with mm-hmm. others and with your outside world. Mm-hmm. So that is really ultimately the goal. It's like when you look in the um, uh, in the world today, in the Jewish world, the word tikkun olam is pretty prevalent. People know what that mm-hmm. is. They mostly translate it as social justice. But okay. if you go to the origin of the line, it's litaken olam. That's the tikkun olam. Bimalchut shadai. That's the line. Mm-hmm. I say, um, just like the song, let my people go is divorced <laughs> of the words, let my people go so they can serve me, mm-hmm. which is the original line. The same mm-hmm. thing, Tikkun Olam is divorced from Malchut, meaning mm-hmm. it's what is Malchut ultimately? It's each interaction shows you that life is about interactions. Mm-hmm. The highest interaction is God and creation mm-hmm. or God and yourself. And you are mm-hmm. creation. You're in the physical, in the yeah. quote finite. So mm-hmm. hence, every meeting is a meaning of the infinite, or you're meeting with infinity, because every interaction is really from finite to the infinite, to something so that here's is something fun. May yeah. I? This just came into my mind, and it's something I've been playing with, especially in the infinity loop of light. Is that your word interaction? To me, and this is on me, and this is just to open up a little portal into playing with words, because, you know, that's why not, is to me, interaction feels like transaction. And when interaction between one thing or another is out of relationship going into how I think before we started recording, dropping in, you and I are in relationship you know, we haven't consciously communicated the exploration or experimentation of our relationship, which keeps some elements unconscious, but it also keeps it in its divinity for it to have infinite unknownness, which is great. Um, I would love to uh, explore that the word interaction keeps a scarcity and a survivalist paradigm of communication. And what if we replace the word interaction with relationship, relating, relation? It brings a opportunity of consciousness to say, oh, I'm not just walking past this bird. I'm in relationship with all that which is around me. And it's not even me. What if we flip the me out of it? I am walking through everything else and I am just a small part of everything. It's, it's, um, I, I very much receive that, uh, that thought and that, and that space because, um, our, our English language is, is going in live time through metamorphosis, whether we want mm-hmm. to agree with that or not, because just even through our communication styles and, and, uh, and interactedness, yes, it is becoming transactional and it's important to take it out of that. Um, when you make a connection with somebody, um, the word connection in Hebrew is kesher. It's to, like tie a knot. And, mm. and when you tie a knot, there's many different ones. There's ones you tie that 
are tied in order to untie easily. And then there are <laughs> knots you tie that are to, to remain forever. Mm-hmm. And for example, on Shabbat, you're not allowed to tie a forever tie. You could only mm-hmm. tie uh, one that can come apart, like a shoelace. You can tie your shoelace because uh-huh. it's going to come apart. And uh-huh. the reason is, is because on Shabbat, we don't create any deep tethering to outside forces. Mm-hmm. But an, uh, but another way to see all that instead of like knots and interacting is like you're saying, what does it mean to relate relationship? It mm-hmm. means to see yourself as already connected. Like you find when you're connecting to infinity, you're finding out that you are already connected. You're not from this inside finite space, finding out, coming out of your rock that there's this beautiful world. You find out that you were interacting in a way your whole life. And now you could just relate to it. You can go to a higher level. It's sort of like saying mitzvah starts off meaning commandment, but mitzvah ends up meaning connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're, we're actually really, it's always fun to talk together because we say the same thing <laughs> in our own languages of stuff, you know, um, in our practices. Uh, and that's the, and that's the beauty of it. And that's the only like, way I can broaden out my, my own language is by, by really going through it in lifetime. Um, mm-hmm. and, and this, this, uh, doubt element that creeps in, into, into mm-hmm. when we're interacting with the outside world mm-hmm. is because we need to grow from the interaction and transactional into the relationship and the, mm-hmm. uh, and the relating part. And mm-hmm. that's where the doubt is removed because if you're in a transactional relationship, for example, um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of space for doubt to creep in. Am I making the right transaction? But if you're in a, in, in you're, you're working on relating to somebody and, and, and creating a true connection and bond, then you're not, you're, you're not assuming that it's going to be perfect. You're going to constantly have to create stillness mm-hmm. and to, to allow things to happen and mm-hmm. bring in virtues like patience and space for the other. And mm-hmm. when that happens, now you're contextualizing your life in, in such a broader holistic way that it's it removes the transaction. And that's why our psalmists say that any love that's part of a transactional basis is a love that will not sustain itself. Only right. love, love that is, is transactionally removed from that will sustain. Yeah. And love is a faculty of giving. And in a in a consciousness, we give one into ourself, that infinity loop of life. It's always coming back first before the outbound. So inside of that relating or the interaction is that, you know, the doubt that can come in. Number one, I think that that's part of an evolutionary kink that we can for sure, we as the broad human beingness um, can move through. Um, is taking us back to two really, really, really simple concepts. Our innocence. I see you in your full innocence. I receive you and accept you in your full innocence. I see me in my full innocence. I receive and accept myself in my innocence. Two, I am whole. I see myself fully in my wholeness. I arrive in every which moment and I begin in every which moment through and in my wholeness. I see you and your wholeness in every which moment and through every which moment your arrival and beginning becoming is in wholeness. So the combination of those two things being in wholeness and also seeing you in your divine innocence 
just like everything around you, it can be the frame. I see the elements of its innocence before it was <laughs> embellished into that embro embroidery that's beautiful and making it into a rectangle to hold another image. You know, I can, the rocks around us, the structures, you can, we can hold ourselves, each other, things in the wholeness and in the innocence, whether it has already been manipulated, reshaped, reformed. Um, and I see that as the place where doubt like there's no coexistence there if we're in our innocence and in our wholeness. If we start from there, the big collective we and the individual we, I, me, like what a beautiful place to begin to receive one another, to be in the relationship, what you're talking about with another, to receive, to be there. If we don't see another fully in their innocence, doubt will be, as you use the word assumption, doubt and assumption assumption brain will take over which is what is part of storytelling narrative and in psychology it's kind of like a <laughs> it's like a downward spiral it's not the kundalini upward higher you know realmic spiraling <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah 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 so it's like it's like this brings me to like the foundation of yourself needs mm. to be wholeness like right. you need to it's and it's an acquired skill well, I would even remove need from it. I would pluck need out. It gets back into that, you know, our words are casting spells. It takes the mm -hmm. consciousness. If I'm in need, it means I'm of lack somewhere. And subconsciously, that's where that gap of doubt will come in. Oh, I'm needing this. I'm not enough. You know? Miriam is my uh, ultimate copywriter where she uh, removes, I call her <laughs> removing the New Yorker out of me, the cynicism. Uh, but it's, 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 uh, I allow her to remove any word that smells of negativity. Um, it's in her right to strike it from the relationship. Miriam, where are you? I crossed a line. <laughs> no, no, this is for me. You can cross any line. Um, you know, we're clear zoom boundaries over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, but I take it, I take it though, that it's more of a foundational, uh, vision of self. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not a, an idea just for healing. It's an mm -hmm. idea for, for, for actual waking up every day. Like yeah, yeah. taking a moment, Moda'ani could be translated. Moda'ani is the first meditation, my first podcast that I put out. It's mm -hmm. about seeing yourself, Moda'ani. It's like a raw acknowledgement ani of a being. Yeah, and not I mean, as it's named and relates to the outside world. Talk about why your name went to JT. It's like, Although the names That's are meaningful Jay. and important and everything, mm -hmm. it, there is a me that is not any of these names. Right, right. Well, I mean, that gets back into the soul body vessel. It, a name is just a name by which we do to look about and turn around. You know, what if our names turned into conscious speak? It gets back into that intentionality, the depth of the essence, you know, the foundation. Um, so your word, can you say that phrase again? The ani, what, the moda ani. Moda ani. Modani. So, so that in your language, that's yours. And then in my school, it's intimacy into me, I see. Intimacy into me, I see. So it's just a fun play on words, just like so all these, all these um um ideas are are on the level of malchut because malchut mm -hmm. is the is the is the world's colliding, mm. is the is the peering into the world outside your world. Mm -hmm. That happens. And it begins from the creation of the world that God creates Malchus as that's the vehicle that one world relates to another. Mm -hmm. And 
but the the stage before malchut is something we've spoken about before the mm-hmm. inter um leading um force into malchus is yesod and yesod is something we have spoken about before because mm-hmm. yesod is this like foundational element that is not necessarily seen on the outside it's not designed to be seen by the outside, meaning it's the part of you that is not about how it expresses to the outside world, but how it harnesses your mm-hmm. own power and development and mm-hmm. journey. Yeah. So- and I think we've talked about that interconnectedness of the intellectual faculty and the spiritual deepening. And I don't know if deepening is the word you use. It's the word that I use, but it's like this marriage of like, I think actually there was a quote that you had said so many years ago. We've had so many conversations about it, but it's like, like a human being without a home is without Yasod. I, I, I make the case that our, our biggest interaction with Yasod is thinking about what we need in order to be happy when it's really actually shelter that nurture nurtures you. Mm-hmm. And if you have the right shelter to nurture you, mm-hmm. you, you have the makeup of you sewed. So mm-hmm. it could be the right shelter is a loving relationship <laughs> and, yeah. and the right shelter and the right foundation could be something else for everyone. But ultimately the world is a home mm-hmm. and our body is a home and we interact on a level that we are a home. And because of that, mm-hmm. our yisod is very much tied to what type of um, home you, you think you're living in and what yeah, type of yeah. space you create around you because you can choose how you see what, what specific uh, elements are, are creating the, 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 let's call it the interface between you and the outside world. Yeah, and that takes a depth of real humility and honesty with oneself. And sometimes there is, um, I'm just going to throw out another like Jungian word here <laughs> is like, um, you know, and uh, or in, you know, in some schools of psychology uh, in trauma practice specifically, it's called a recapitulation of trauma. So there could be um, a being inside of a recapitulation of trauma that clouds the understanding of the real humility, honesty to that home that they're putting themselves in because they're putting themselves in versions of past that do not serve. So there's an interesting relationship, again, getting back into like the malhuts or like, you know, one can even look at like as roots of trees, like the microorganisms feeding into the tree that feeds the home, you know, the vessels to the ecosystem is like, you know, if we are inside of a recapitulations of generational or even personal traumas, we may not understand that our home is really not the safe home. And that keeps us out of Yasod. It keeps us into um, the doubt space without being consciously aware to it. And that's another interesting concept of like, if you think of like the home as like even the turtle shell, you know, like I'm going in, you know, is <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you know, the turtle shell in its essence, it's, you know, like our nail beds and our hair, it's, it's calcium that gets, you know, developed and grown. So how can we nutrify ourselves, our mind, the purity of our being 
in our spirit, our lives, the foundation? How can we get deeper into Yasod to recognize the homes that were around before it's in a place of recapitulated traumas? Mm. And societally, we can do this. Individually, we can do this. Um, I'm very passionate about that space. I think that's why I just steered us here. <laughs> so I'll give you, you know, instead of direct, I, I, I try not to answer a question. I try to give more in, information so you can, you know, gather it and, and keep taking it on your journey of, of answering this type of loaded space because it's, it's an ongoing type of question. In What's Kabbal- the mystic word for bring it on? I'll tell you. So in Kabbalah, the <laughs> stages before Yesod are called in Hebrew Netzach and Hod. Mm. So let's call it like right, left, center. The center mm-hmm. is, is Yesod, which is going to feed straight into the center of Malchut. So mm. if Malchut is, is relating and relationships and your world you know, now fully connecting to there being other worlds out around you, whether it's humans or the world itself or God, it's all really the trajectory of meeting the infinity. And the Yisod is your, your strength of vision and perspective mm-hmm. and, and space that you create for a healthy, a healthy nurturing environment for your own being. What is feeding into the Yisod, into this health space is the left side is humility and the right side is endurance Mm. and Netzach or this could be translated as victory, but in Kabbalah victory doesn't really mean winning. It means where we sort of, we, we transcended a certain layer of challenge and everyone was able to join us for the party of, of growth. It's like everyone wins is more accurate than winning. That's why I use the word endurance, because if you have really good endurance practices, you're going to share them. Other people are going to want to know uh, we're in a world today of Netzach. We may not be as smart as our ancestors or Mm -hmm. as disciplined. I I don't think we are. I think they had very little distractions and we're able to focus in, in ways that we don't understand, but we have something else. We share over-share, and that allows us to learn best practices from anyone all the time, instantly. So Mm -hmm. as soon as you activate your malchus, you have tools for your yesod. Mm -hmm. So really, that's because we're the netzach generation. Mm -hmm. We're the enduring generation that can endure our traumas because Mm -hmm. we share enough of interact of interactions and best practices and skills to like constantly we can shuffle through a million practices and but we already have accumulated more data of how to endure our own life even if we don't see one practice as winning mm-hmm. we see them all as elevating consciousness and ability and so that's the right side and the left side and which maybe we'll pause for a second Uh, Yeah, yeah. I definitely have. um, There was a lot of juicy, yummy bits, and it brought something into a mind and heart space that for me, um, if there's an openness for me to uh, step in and share something here as well, um, that came alive is that, you know, well, number one, thank you for breaking that down. I feel like we should each have whiteboards in our spaces so we can <laughs> draw it out. Right. I have white space, you know, but no marker. Um, is that, you know, going back to part of our conversation when I brought it back into those two super simple elements 
our innocence and our wholeness, you know, is that, you know, I, what I felt, what came through and alive to me when you were just sharing, you know, the, this unpacking of where you see the generation and where it's at this, you know, over access and that we can go through, we can endure our traumas is that I would actually, um, agree to disagree in that, you know, the more oversaturation with oversharing, I see that as a coping mechanism to bypass um, getting back into those two things, the wholeness and our innocences, which brings the heart um, back into the spirit of a loving capacity. And um, I would say that um, the more and more and the over and over sharing, it is an externality seeking validation that we're already whole, that we have something to offer, that there is an eminent and inherent greater sense of belonging interhumanly. And I, I really believe it takes us out of wholeness with everything that which is uh, around us. And we are just merely a part of, um, yeah, it takes it actually, it keeps the, it keeps the colonialist and the patriarchal paradigm. And I, I don't believe that um, the endurance culture, the overshare culture, that what I would say is bypassing <laughs> is, um, I know it's a step toward something, but I think at the end of the day, we, we, real, we humans, every one of us are really inside of the getting to wholeness and also getting into our innocence, we need a very sacred beholding, a coming back to. And that is in the nurturing maternal spirit that which male, female and everything in between has in, it, you know, in us. It's a remembering. So I think the more remembering that happens into the purity of our essence, like you bring up the ancestors, they may have had more time or they thought about it differently or like there was something else. And I think it was really just a connection into seeing what mattered. And it was mm -hmm. about the permission of stepping deeper and radically into our wholeness and innocence. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see it as a disagreement because I come from the school of fusion that mm -hmm. there's no singular um, path that yeah. the definition of the middle path or yesod, which is the center, right, left, center, mm -hmm. is the fusion of, of multiple concepts. Mm -hmm. And sometimes one, you know, reigns supreme over the other, but it's always temporary because as, as things oscillate, they will have to go to the middle for them mm -hmm. to move forward. And, and for balance. So for balance. And so the balance of Netzach of this, let's say, oversharing endurance mm -hmm. is humility. And humility in is the word is hod. Hod also means splendor. Mm -hmm. So it, humility isn't humility if it's not splendor, if it's not right. radiant. Like that's back into sovereignty, right? The essence, the yesod is in itself our self-sovereign high holy beingness of our mm. divine individuality dignity that's without right. that we can't have anything else and you know and i think that that's where the doubt a combination comes back in is that there's something fundamentally that brings that gap of doubt unconsciously still through us that keeps us out of the that balance out of yesod yeah so having so that's where it's like it's actually pretty i think intuitive that 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 when I talk about Netzach, you're like, well, I see all the beauty there, but I don't see the wholeness. And it's like, well, you, then you move to Hod. What is Hod? Uh, Hod, what is humility in Judaism? At least in ancient Judaism, humility is knowing that you're whole. Mm -hmm. That's what real humility is. 
-hmm. like that something else can. What was Moses's humility was that he believed that because he was whole, he was able to do this. But if right. somebody else was given his task and his wholeness, they would do it perhaps better. So it was being able to like see like my own strength and my own wholeness is the gift that was given to me. I was created whole. Yeah, all of us, you know, and and then the, even the bigger gift inside of that and what I'm bringing up and I think you're bringing up too is that it's not just us and our own individual permission to see ourselves as whole. It's witnessing another as well. And then everything that is around us. Like I was last night, it was such a fun experience for me because I chose my wholeness. I, someone was supposed to meet me for dinner and, um, and we had triple, this is just so funny. It's so terrestrial, but I believe it's a really nice example of humility, wholeness, and so balance, you know, or being one on one side, one on another, which is actually inside of the doubt, the self-doubt. And, um, is so this person and I had confirmed three, four times. See you at seven. See you at seven. All right. You're going to be there at seven on Monday. See you seven on Monday. Okay. Lo and behold, I got there at seven on Monday. No reservation under either one of our names. Went up to the bar to wait. They, you know, they gave me two. I was like waiting for a friend. They gave me two menus. A quarter hour goes by, no friend, no note. 30 minutes, you know, half hour goes by, no, no note, no call. And I was like, hey, I'm going to start my meal. I love my wholeness. I am going to enjoy my time. This is delectable. And I'm going to release the judgment that this person has not been there or communicated. And I won't even get into a dangerous mind, which, oh, maybe something happened. I'm just going to release it. So I got a message saying at 25 minutes past, hey, sorry, running late on my way. And then I had sent a message back saying, you know, I value timeliness and communication. Um, I, it's okay wherever you're at, but please don't join me. And um, they showed up because they were so in their story that they didn't see my message communicating in the wholesome of my worth and my time and also acknowledging them to, you know, release the moment. Um, and then they had sent a message saying a spiel on this and that, and a friend had cancer and, Oh God, I, you know, our town, if you see somebody, you stop and talk. And I say, you know, our humanity, if you see something, you pass a message through and you can hold empathetic, unconditional regard, regardless so I, I don't hold you. Your embarrassment that you're expressing to me is yours and yours alone. That's your own self-reflection. I wish you well and have a beautiful evening. If anything comes up in the future where I see you, just give me a call. No more texting. And you he are, see himself in his wholeness. And that's the problem where there's gaps in communication. Yes. We get into doubt mentality and we come up with story and narrative to make excuses instead of the humility, which is actually much easier than anything else. <laughs> I tell you, the story just brings up so many like moments, whether, you know, I try to, to be very punctual just in general um, and respectful of time. And, uh, I could remember the three or four times where I totally blanked on a meeting or something. And, and, <laughs> and it's just like how, how it affected me. And, uh, and I both admire, uh, um, you know, your process and mm -hmm. also like understand, but I also have some compassion for that person who like, 
didn't get the signal when you were interacting like again and again, this is the time, this is the time he didn't have the relationship or she didn't have the relationship. They didn't have the relationship to understand who they were interacting with either. Like that the reason why I'm interacting constantly that this is the meeting point is I need this to be the meeting point. We have to know where we're launching from. And, well, uh, I would actually raise it to say that it's something different, that this person mm-hmm. lives inside of hierarchies that they themselves and anybody else they know more intimately is more important than anybody else. And that is not a way of living in a synarchical way, which is collaborative and sovereign in its own essence and collective and powerful when it is in a communion. So I would offer that this, I hold tremendous compassion, you know, like the story he was telling me with his friend and all of this, like, ah, I mean, it's heavy, you know, like, yes, hold space. And it's okay to release our space, regardless of how much we've confirmed. I hold no attachment. I practice radical non-attachment. Every moment in its present moment is of joyous opportunity. I'm in communion with each present moment. Therefore, if something is or is not happening, that doesn't exist for me. You know, the radical nature of here and now is that it's here now for this. So the essence that they were not inside of their humility to speak compassionately with another, hold another in a synarchical way is that they created an imp- more important than. And I don't have time for that. I, I, uh, I, I don't have time to judge I, it. And I, I don't have, have so much respect it. for that because I think it's such a, a deeper way to see life is like remove the hierarchy yeah. <laughs> is, 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 yeah. is makes more sense to me, not just because I'm a man and I, uh, uh, versus a woman or anything like that, just because <laughs> the hierarchy is, is a total misnomer. You have a force of infinity and you have mm-hmm. finitude, right? That's not a hierarchy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a reality. And, and in that reality, that's why wholeness, is circular and energy is circular and and uh and the sefirot or these netzachod yesod malchut they're fusion and interacting yeah. and when we spend time doing the steps of the omer uh it's really how you understand each sphere based on their interactions and connections yes. and translating them from I love this from interactions to relationships mm-hmm. and, and into the type of fusion necessary. So it's like getting rid of a hierarchy is also, is also how you remove doubt because now for, things for instance, are fluid into one another. Huh? Yeah. Sorry, actually repeat yours and then I'll give a pause. Pardon me for talking over you. I got so excited. I should put the coffee down. I'm also excited. We're, we're in the same pace. <laughs> so I think that's our title, remove the hierarchy. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and the work that I do now um, in, you know, with people and interculturally and women with women and um, it's, you know, it gets into how do we migrate through the power dynamic of a hierarchical structure and release into the reverence of synarchical being. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's just a lot of like words, you know, like, it's that it's those two things I was talking about, our innocence and our wholeness. And if that is our yesod, the foundation, the essence point, like, oh, wow, because it's an opportunity, not just for, me, for permission to recognize everything else as an opportunity for 
consensual communication, conscious communication invitation to enter into anything, it gives us pause to invite communion. It's beyond relationship. Synarchial beingness is about communion. Come union. Come in union with me. Union. Circular. Wholeness, as you were saying. You in, know? Uh, in, uh, in the school amazing. I grew up with, they used to call us students tamimim or tamim. Mm. The, it's the best way is tamim singular is like wholeness, but mm -hmm. tamim is like wholesomeness. Mm. It's like mm. that was the title of the student body in the Chabad mm. Yeshiva was to be a tamim, to be wholesome. Yeah. And meaning like the original generation before they created this title for the students was about being a pnimi. A pnimi means uh, an inward, um, uh, authentic being, you know, mm -hmm. true to yourself. Mm -hmm. But the later generations were concerned with how to take this inward authenticity and bring it to the outside world and actually affect the exterior, because although internally we need to be whole, but the wholeness is in order to engage with the world and, and create this union. So to bring the wholesomeness into reality. So that's mm -hmm. why we started, they started calling the students, you know, um, Tamimim or Tamim wholesome, because yeah. real wholesomeness is not just to remain in the book, but to see how it inter interplays into your interactions as they ascend into relationships and more importantly, into Malchus. And that's what we call the process of repairing the world. Essentially, holistically, is this Netzach Hod Yisod to Malchus is Tikkun Olam. And with that, and I'm just going to, you know, share a song that a dear friend of mine, dear brother wrote. And I think that this is where it comes into the basic, the simple places I am not ashamed of your shame. I am not afraid of your fear. I am not angry at your rage. I will not, I forgot the lyric on that one, you know, but it's okay. And we are not ashamed of our shame. We are not afraid of our fear, our tears. We are not angry at our rage. We will not hide our tears, our fears, because everything we feel, everything we feel, everything we feel is welcome here. Everything I feel, everything that's real, everything I feel is welcome here. Like that's Tikkun Alam. Well, that's innocence. Well, on that note, on that note, <laughs> I uh, I just want to thank you for making the time and space for this conversation and for sharing this with the world around us. Mm. And it's all we, about this, baby. I I just appreciate your raw emotions and and how you allow yourself to explore them. And, and they become new tools and vehicles for growth and healing and more importantly, to bring it to the world, to relationships around you. Mm. I receive that reflection and I bear witness to the beauty of your heart, the opportunities of welcoming that you always and often <laughs> present for us, we and all. 
I just want to reflect back your candor, your commitment, your love, and your incredible opportunities of your life to continue into your within and your without and bring everyone and everything into it. <laughs> so thank you for, you know, this 4040 and having me here with you. It's um, it's a joy of my day. My eyes are, you know, welting a little bit, you know, <laughs> of the joy, the mercy, the grace. So yeah, thank you. Really fun. I miss you. I love you. Amen. I feelings are mutual and, uh, and, um, and thank you for the love that's being received. And, uh, and I can't wait to continue our conversations in the future. Yeah. Will you air hard it with me? There we go. <laughs> have a great rest of your day thank you all for tuning in you were just uh lucky enough to tune in to uh two people who adore exploring emotional growth beautiful happy birthday parents